rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody. Here I am. Good morning. <laughs> no, good evening. Is it good? Not really. Um, okay, my name is Tara Devlin, and I am the founder and whatever, of RepublicanDirtyTricks.com and RDT Daily, now rebranded as RDT Daily. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices. Let me move this mic. Or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, we're also on GDPR Revolution 99 and everywhere else, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, do me a favor and give this show a review on iTunes. I go through this every week. I One day, I, I, we have like 34 stars or whatever the hell, and uh, not stars, uh, people who... who um, said something about the show. It helps It helps us grow. So we'd like more. We need, you know, hundreds to get up there with and, and really be a contender. So when people search for liberal talk shows and whatnot, they'll come across this show, and hopefully that will help get the word out. And if you can't donate your money, please just donate a few seconds of your time to do that. It really does mean a lot. So thank you. And if you do have the means to donate, uh, anybody who donates above $20, $20 or more will get a, well, we have, now it's uh, closing in on the midterms, this grab them by the midterms window cling, and we're also breaking out the other window clings, this keep calm and join the resistance. And I suppose that's the theme for today's show, in a way. And let me just get through this, uh, you know, begging for money, money bit. So we also have a store at rdtdaily.com. You can go on there. It's, it's like a Shopify store or whatever, but there's a lot of cool designs. And if you, you know, that, that helps us out too, because then we can pay writers and we can have more contributors and have more shows on the RDT Daily channel. And keep growing and get in there and get in the game. Unfortunately, we don't have the Mercer family, so we have to depend on you guys. And thank you for all who have donated, and I have to tell those who are recurring donors, I'm going to, I will send you this uh, Keep Calm and Join the Resistance window cling. I will. I have to get around to it. It'll probably tomorrow I'll send it out. So, it should, you know, look out for that in the mail because we have recurring donations and uh, people that who who donate regularly. So thank you so much, and uh, you know I see you and I appreciate you. And all right, what else? Uh, well, um, this is why this show is important. Not just my show, all the progressive talk shows that are out there, because we're it, people. We're this. We are up against oligarchy. We're up against the big moneyed interests. Now, they just confirmed that Kavanaugh, uh, perjury uh, Brett, just got confirmed to the Supreme Court. And in a, in, in basically the, a, a living illustration of white privilege. And, um, 
it doesn't matter what they what these white powerful men do they can get away with it and just like the republicans gave us this week of a supposed fbi investigation what that fbi investigation was it was nothing but a cover up and a and a, a shield for people like Susan Collins and the, uh, Joe Manchin. What the fuck is that? Something just started went off on my computer. It's probably some stupid commercial that really scared the shit out of me. You know when you're like you have like twenty windows open and all of a sudden something like a commercial starts playing. You probably didn't hear it, but it went blasting in my ears, and I didn't like it. It sounded. Like, I thought it, anyway. Whatever. It just broke my concentration. So. But that, that that FBI investigation was it was um, they gave these Republicans cover. But we're not stupid. The 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 Trump administration, the so-called Trump administration, had its hands in that FBI investigation. It is nothing but a cover-up, and that was the point. And I mean, I could not stomach. Susan Collins, that 45-minute, 50-minute speech she gave, it was what an insult. This whole week that Brett Kavanaugh had his little diaper, poopy pants meltdown, and uh, everything about him is reeks, reeks of partisanship and desperation, too. And how, do you, how dare you challenge a, a white boy? To uh, how dare you get in front of his the aspirations that they have been grooming him for for decades? Brett Kavanaugh is he went to law school. He got a law degree. He's never tried a case. He has been a political operative for his entire career. He has had no scruples. He's he's immoral. He's had his hand in every Republican dirty trick for as long as I've been alive. So. That's him, Bush v. Gore, uh, the stolen emails of the Democratic Party. He's got his hand in it, pushing and manipulating behind the scenes, and they have been grooming him for this position and the right moment, and here it is. And if you don't think that we're not going to feel the repercussions of this, then you haven't been paying attention. Now, this is a crisis this is a crisis of democracy because they are not only did we get the illusion of an FBI investigation what what they're working up to is the illusion of democracy and we're almost there we really are so if it's going to be very difficult we have only a month to the midterms but that's not really going to matter so what does it matter if we pass laws and to protect ourselves universal health care universal higher education living wages, retirement security, and this scumbag, perjury Brett, comes in and nullifies it uh, as if it's uh, to tell us that, oh, it's unconstitutional. So this person who could not control himself for, uh, I mean, well, he was under attack. He was falsely accused. Bullshit. He knows what he did. And if he didn't know it, then he would have demanded an FBI investigation from the get-go instead of attacking the, the senators, instead of acting indignant and belligerent 
and that's what we heard from the people that weren't uh, allowed to speak to the FBI because many people, 40, over 40 people reached out to the FBI with corroborating evidence, but they wanted nothing to do with it because it wasn't about getting to the bottom of it. It didn't matter if Brett Kavanaugh raped somebody, raped a freaking nun in Macy's window. It wouldn't matter. They would do it anyway. They would put him on there anyway. He lied to the Senate's face. And they're talking about, oh, moving the goalposts. Well, what does it, what, what happens when you bring somebody in for an interview and then other information comes out? You're not supposed to use that. It's not about moving the goalposts. It's about watching somebody's performance and making an informed decision that they don't have the character, that they don't have the, the disposition to sit in judgment of us. Of we the people, this little frat boy, beer-guzzling, pawing, uh, sycophant of a traitor is now going to sit on the Supreme Court as the deciding vote to take our rights away, to talk about uh, pre-existing conditions, to stick his big, filthy, sycophantic Republican nose into our private medical decisions. This guy. That guy, just like the same when we talk about Twitler, who the hell is he to sit in the highest office exec, the the highest executive office in the land? Who is he? That guy, the guy who called Rosie O'Donnell a pig, the guy who has his minions, his fascist, filthy bastards who stand behind him like human shields, chanting "Lock her up!" about a, a, a one of his constituents, Hillary Clinton. They they have no they have no morals and it's everything I've been saying for decades. Republicans hate democracy. Here it is, and eventually they're going to do away with it once and for all. We won't even. I mean, and that's what those assholes who stand behind Trump. That's what they want. It's too annoying to uh, and it's scary for them to live in a diverse society it is that's what uh, it's the scary complex world they need an authoritarian daddy to save them from the from from the confusion you know it's confusing to them when a gay person wants to have equal rights it's confusing they like they want daddy to save them mommy you mean mommy has equal rights she, to to do what she will with her own body no, uh, no, no, no. That makes me feel scared. That's them. They are tiny people. These tiny little, then uh, you know, anti-democratic. Fundamentally, they don't they don't love this country because they're confused by it. These racist assholes who are stupid, are stupid enough to be racist because that's the stupidest thing you can be. It's ridiculous, you know, to look at somebody, uh, somebody's skin and make a judgment on, you know, and get all scared. You know, it's like, it's like having an irrational fear of black cats or something or, uh, you know, whatever. Orange cats or zebras or whatever the hell. But that's who we're, that's who we're talking about. So, and these Republicans who, it's the same cast of characters, Orrin Hatch, um, What's his face? Uh, you know, the Chuck Grassley, wh- who just came out and said, "Why?" they asked him, why aren't there me- any women on the Judiciary Committee? Well, and his, his answer was, you know, it's hard work on, the, on that committee. Meaning, what's, what does that mean? Women aren't capable of working hard? They don't want to work hard? Yeah, because we just want to sit around and, 
you know, have abortions and stuff. And we need daddy to make our decisions. Daddy, daddy like Chuck Grassley? Why doesn't he retire already? Get out. The world is evolving. It's the young people are coming up. He's well past his sell-by date by now. He looks like the 1840s to me. And I, I, I don't want to hear it with this. Uh, and then there's the other one I, I kept seeing on, on uh, MSNBC when I watched Morning Joe. It was, I want to vomit. Um, John Kennedy. Uh, this is no... Um, this is no play, the, no country for creepy old men. Bullshit. There's no, I mean, that may be, that may sound funny and folksy and homey, but it's, it's, it's utter bullshit because the Republican Party is irredeemable now. They are beyond hope, beyond repair. And that's why they like it. See, the assholes, who, the ones like the idiots who cheer behind Twitler, the ones that go to Twitler's rallies, who don't understand that, that they're on the wrong side of history, that they're on the wrong side of democracy and the wrong side of humanity, they don't get that. They're standing there like morons. These are the shameful people. That It's sort of like when we look at the postcards of lynchings, right, because that's what they used to do. The people in the South, they would lynch people. Uh, black people, uh, and, uh, you know, forget due process, whatever. Due process is for white men. It's for creepy old white men with power and privilege. That's that's who gets due process. We get whatever's coming to us, you know, and we better know our place. If you're not one of them, you better be one of them or one of their cheerleaders because that's that's the entire Republican Party. It is, it is for creepy old white men to empower them and protect them in the halls of power. To, they, they want a wall. They got a wall of ignorance around these people, cheering. And, and, and the, well, while these are the parasites that are riding everybody to the bank, that they don't understand that when the Republicans undo the, the Affordable Care Act, you know, they all, they all care about preexisting conditions and whatnot, all of a sudden, did Republicans give a shit? about pre-existing conditions went forever, right? In fact, they fought. They fought the Affordable Care Act that had the provisions for pre-existing conditions. But like assholes, like, you know, well, like children, you know, who want to eat ice cream for breakfast, they want their, they want their goodies, right? They want the pre-existing conditions protections, but they don't want to pay for it. So they don't like the, the uh, you know, um, the mandate, like little babies. So Trump boasts about, oh, well, don't worry, we care. We'll, we'll take care of your pre-existing conditions. And we got rid of that most unpopular provision, the, the mandate, which is exactly what makes it possible to have protections for pre-existing conditions, you morons. But I, uh, I only wish, my God, I wish that it was just the morons who voted for these policies that had to pay the price for them. But unfortunately, it's all of us, and that's what they don't get, that they drag us all down with them. So then they have, um, you know, with like John Kennedy and all, all these old white bastards, uh, uh, um, you know, um, digging their heels in. And I guess that's like, you know, what William F. Buckley said is right. Conservatism stands athwart history yelling stop. And if that was only 
the case. But not only are they yelling stop, they are dragging us backwards. And like, like cavemen, by our hair, they want to drag us backwards to the dark ages, to the back alleys, to, to the bread lines. As long as we, they, they can throw us the, the illusion of freedom, you know, by, by being, you can walk around with a gun in a Walmart like an asshole, but, you know, forget your retirement security, go get, get an Uber. And if you get cancer, maybe you'll find a rich benefactor or get a GoFundMe page. <sighs> God, I hate them. I, and that's what we're up against. So when when he gets sworn in, this this frat boy, this liar. That's the other thing. When this when he comes on uh, into um, you know uh, in front of us in, in in front of the Senate, and Republicans vote for him anyway after his performance. What does that say to you? Could you imagine if Hillary Clinton acted like that? If Barack Obama acted like that? If he, if he went up there and said, what comes around goes around, this is re revenge of the Clintons? That should have been the end of it. And this is why, this is how Republicans are destroying this country. Because they're, they're, they are, um, really, they, they talk about the circus. They, they brought the circus. That's, they, they thrive in the circus. Look at their standard bearer. He is the ringleader. This is a national emergency because we literally have a, an authoritarian fascist sitting in the White House who received fewer votes, who is unqualified and is a traitor, who colluded with a foreign power to help him sit in that White House. And he has an entire party of sycophants that are enabling him bec uh, to, to, to remain in power despite the crimes. And they're setting up a court system that's going to cover his ass. And what what happens when that's when it's all over? It's this is how a democracy dies. This is the this is the end. We're living in the last days of the republic. Just like Cicero, uh, he knew that he was living in the last days of the Roman Republic, and he wrote about it. This is we're not stupid. We're not we're not like Trump supporters. We're not like assholes. Like. What, what is so infuriating is them th putting women in, as their human shields, as if, I mean, but they, they, they know how stupid their supporters are. So when Susan Collins, okay, so when, uh, first of all, as we know, last week when the, um, when the Republicans questioned Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford, um, you know, they had a woman do it because they couldn't do it themselves because they don't know how not to be assholes. They don't know how to not say something to reveal just how disgusting and archaic they are and just how unfit they are to lead in a modern nation. That's what that, sa that says. When you have to call in reinforcements to cover your ass because you can't do your job, that says you should not be in that job. You are unfit for that job. I don't call somebody in and do my job. If I if that was the case, I'd get a different job. You, if you can't do your own job without looking like an asshole, without giving the voters in your district the uh, informed um, uh, observation of who the hell you are, 
but you have to send in somebody, a body double, to fill your, to fulfill your obligations, your, your role in the government, the, the, to represent the people that you were, you pretend to represent. You gotta get somebody in there because you're afraid you're gonna put your foot in your mouth. And you and they can't help it because every time they get in front of a camera, they put their foot in their mouth because they that's who they are. But it doesn't matter because they they have debased this country to the point of no return. And if because we not only do we have to vote, it's not as simple as that. We have to overcome all of their dirty tricks, all of Brett Kavanaugh's dirty tricks, all the gerrymandering and the voter suppression. And the vote flipping and the electronic voting machines and the Russian trolls on Twitter, all of that. You know, when you're arguing with somebody on Twitter, they might be a troll and you can spot them. They have uh, apps and whatnot that can weed them out. And I suggest you getting them. But, <clears throat> you know, they're on there. That, they're not, this is what they do, you know? Oh, Christ, you hear me? So anyway, I didn't get a guest today because I was so pissed off and uh, I just wasn't in the mood, really, to get a guest. Um, is, uh, is Facebook working? If it's not, there's nothing I can do. <clears throat> I'm just checking. Just checking. Anyway, well, while I'm checking... Uh, I'm pissed. As you can hear, I'm losing my voice. My name is Tara Devlin. As I'm checking Facebook to make sure it's running. Um, yeah, we meet here every Saturday evening, whatever. Each week, we, it, we get, it gets worse. I'm more aggravated. So come every week and uh, let's talk each other off the ledge. Because I'm not despondent enough to, to be, um, to say, oh, fuck it and like it's done or whatever. Yeah, I, I say democracy is done, but I do believe that if we get it back in the midterms, we have a chance to turn it around. And the thing that, okay, like last week, I don't want to talk about Ron. He's not here. Um, I had uh, my guest on, Ron Placone, who voted for Jill Stein and whatnot. And I mean, I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't say himself. But the, I think, and, not, and I'm not talking about Ron, like whatever. Every, uh, but the any I, I I kept thinking all week about you know like they say the first rule of being in a hole is to stop digging. So one of the things that is what what Putin did during the our our election cycles uh, during the last election and what he is doing now is sowing dissension amongst the left on the, amongst Democrats and we are easily. Um, we're easily divided because I, I, uh, I know that, and I, and, and people who listen to the show understand, I, I talk about it all the time. The Democratic Party, the DLC, the corporate wing of the Democratic Party is part of the reason why we are here. The deregulation of the media, that, that gave us the six companies that control the media in this country. So they're not, when they're going on about Brett Kavanaugh, and they're having um, guests on the show from the Judicial Crisis Network, and not, they're just saying, oh, well, here's so-and-so 
from the Judicial Crisis Network, but they're not saying that the judicial, I'm sorry, I can't talk, Judicial Crisis Network is this billionaire funded by these, I can't remember the exact name, it's this other billionaire family, but it's funded by these this two billionaires that they, they it was put together during Obama, right? Because one of the things that the the right did, and they they crafty uh, did the craftily or whatever, they um, they blocked uh, a lot of Obama's appointments. See, Obama, but he was not putting the crazy radicals on the court. That's the thing that's so alarming. He's putting normal Americans on there that have that are middle of the road, a lot of them I wouldn't be appreciative of. I, wanna, I want a, people who are for universal health care, nor, you know, normal people, and uh, not, not uh, corporate lackeys. And, but that's what Obama was, Mr. Middle of the Road. And uh, so it wasn't like he was putting on such crazy radicals, but it doesn't matter. They, they would brand it anyway, and... So the Republicans blocked his uh, his appointment and left all of these judge uh, these lifetime appointments open, and this these billionaires created this super PAC, of course, right? Because there's no um, we can't trace the money from it, but it's um, at the time when Obama was in office, it was called the judicial well. Well, wait, first, first it was called the Judicial Confirmation Network or something like that. And uh, when it was, when Republicans were in power, and then it became the Judicial Crisis Network when Republic, when, uh, when Obama was in office. And then, but these, the, uh, the corporate media doesn't explain that, oh, well, here's this person from the Judicial Crisis Network, but they don't explain that this is a, a, how many people are in the judicial effing crisis network? It's a couple of billionaires that hired these media uh, front people to go out there and spread their poison among the masses. Now, the dumbasses who are cheering behind Twitter and they want Kavanaugh, they, they're... They want to win. They think it's us against them. They, they're, they're dancing in the end zone like, yay! But... Because they're, they'll get to have their guns. They'll get to walk around in Walmart with their guns. And, but they won't have a country that is free. They won't have retirement security. They won't have clean air, living, uh, uh, you know, uh, clean water, um, re- a living wage, retirement security, health care. If something happens to them at work, they'll be fucked because they won't be able to sue and they won't get recourse these are the things, and everywhere we look, there's going to be. It, it's gone. It's really the little guy is um, got another very heavy boot on her neck, and that's them. As long as though, but here's the thing: they will get to not like gay people. They could say the N word. They'll they'll think they'll uh, be openly racist. You know, I mean, that's what they think is freedom. That's their that's their prize out of the Kavanaugh nomination, and also you know, liberal tears, drinking liberal tears, as if that's and that that goes to show you how sick they are. Because here's the thing. One of um, one of the things that um, Susan Collins was going off on when I, I, you know, of course I had hope when she got up there 
that she was going to vote no. Because, you know, if you're a woman and whatever, you saw that performance, it was so clear um, that he's guilty. Uh, and Dr. Ford was, th this is the thing how Republicans make me sick because they try to walk this fine line of, oh, we believe her, uh, we believe something happened to her, but we don't think Brett Kavanaugh did it. Bullshit! We believe something happened to her because, oh, you know, she's a little mixed up. It's the same old excuse that they use and that, oh, you know, they're just a little, little nutty. Uh, meanwhile, all right, like I played this last week. Let's let's play it again. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kavanaugh assaulted you? 100%. 100%. Well, but I uh you know, uh she couldn't name how she got home and and then you had Twitler going up there and mocking her. There is no decency anymore. And then you have these Republicans for the for them to say, "Oh, this is no country for creepy old men." Bullshit. You have a creepy old man as a standard bearer. And for all the pundits, I I, I see this guy John Kennedy going around. He's pulling out this. I guess he tried it at a focus group, and he they he thought it was it was folksy, and it it went over well, and he got a laugh. This is no country for creepy old men. And, uh, but look at who your standard bearer is. And he's out there claiming to be a victim. This is a guy that has 19 uh, accusers saying they, this prowler, this sexual predator assaulted me. And that's Donald Trump. He was well known in the discotheques here in New York City. And I mean the discotheques from the 70s. He, he was in there prowling and putting his hands on women without their consent. That's who he is. He thinks, and I mean, that's why he's got his third trophy wife. And if he lives to be 90, do you think that he'll allow Melania to turn, what, how old is she, 50, 55? He, it's not about, um, you know, falling in love. It's like you are nothing but an object as a woman. And you need, you need to know your place. And that place is to prop up patriarchy. And that's who Susan Collins is. So fuck you, Susan Collins. And I'm very sorry. This is a mature audience show. And um, she, she, they all want their cake and eat it too. And for Lindsey Graham, I, I wish I had grabbed the clip, but him, it really pissed me off to hear him say, um, when somebody said, why don't you have Kavanaugh take a lie detector? And, she, and he turns around sharply. Oh, why don't we dunk him in water and see if he floats? So this, using the, adopting the mantle of the underdog. This is, that is something that creepy old men, creepy old man babies like Lindsey Graham and John Kennedy and uh, what's his face? Uh, Orrin Hatch and... Chuck Grassley, those those men, you know for sure, would be dunking women in water and burning witches at the stake. That's who they are. And Susan Collins would be cheering along right with them for her patriarchal pat on the head and her seat at the table while she says, oh, isn't it unfortunate that we found this witch? 
But for them, for Lindsey Graham, the, to have the nerve, the audacity to take up a to use an example of something that was used against women to terrorize women, they put women in their place for centuries. This the the for, by old white men who wanted to keep their power and keep women down to say, why don't we dunk him in water? He's the victim now. Brett Kavanaugh, we saw his display, his his meltdown in front of the Senate, him him attacking and all of the 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 those who wanted to reach out to the FBI and say, um, he was lying. He was not only you know, everybody gets drunk in college or whatever, but he was worse. He was the worst of the worst. In fact he was an angry drunk and he was a belligerent drunk. But oh well, you know what? Uh, it's not like anybody could say, I can't see that, because we saw it when he testified in front of the Senate, and he lied. So not only did he lie about big things, he lied about small things. That's who he is. He will lie and say whatever the F he needs to say, and still Susan Collins says that it was Dr. Ford who needed, who didn't have corroboration. Meanwhile, all you had to do is say uh, uh, when they asked him, well, "Do you need a? Do you want an FBI investigation to clear your name?" Uh, I, I wanted to come before the Senate forever. I've been on the phone, and this was sprung on me I, like a little baby, a cry little baby boy. It reminded me of my nephews when they were little. Even though my, you know, my nephews are good people; they're not assholes. But when they were babies, you know, when you catch them or. They would got, got in trouble. They'd say, well, what about Johnny? Or And then they you know, say, well, what about you? You did that. And then they say, they get quiet right, and belligerent and, you know, until you put them to bed without supper. But that's Republicans don't get that. They get seats. They get keys to the executive boardroom. They get they get failed upward. They get more power because power protects its own. And then they have us out here fighting amongst ourselves about the scraps, over the scraps. And you've got these idiots who stand behind Twitter believing it and buying into the crime, the lies, the, the con. The, this is a con man. That's who he is, a con man. So, and it didn't matter after Trump gets out there and mocks Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford has more courage in the, the hair on her eyelashes than uh, the entire Republican Party has had for decades. More courage. And um, Susan Collins is a disgrace to every woman who ever fought and died for a seat at the table. For centuries, women have suffered and for, uh, had you know, just to get the right to vote, to go on hunger strikes, to go into the streets. But Susan Collins should have just spit in their faces to allow this man to who attempted rape. And, and Susan Collins was the first to get up and jump up about Al Franken. Oh, he took an inappropriate photo. Oh, he, hold, he held the person a little too tight, right? But immediately, what Democrats stepped down. They immediately go home and shame, and everybody rallies around. Oh, you, you know, you're unfit. But not Republicans. You can effing rape somebody, nearly rape somebody drunk, and lie. You could commit perjury. You could badger the Senate. You could, you could call out conspiracy theories, and and threaten 
the people of this country with what comes around goes around? I hate to tell perjury, Brett, but more people voted for Clinton. So, and if it was revenge of the Clintons, why is there a Justice Gorsuch on the, on the, on the court? They allowed that scumbag in. And, and Democrats, you know what? We need to stop playing nice with snakes. What? And when you, of course, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. but looking back, the Democrats should not have participated at all in this charade. But, of course, you know, you have Joe Manchin. We get, uh, what's, first of all, get out, Joe Manchin. We don't need you. Get out of the Democratic Party. It's time to leave. We don't need you. We don't like you. You are not a Democrat. You're a traitor, just like Susan Collins. So I, wanna, I wanted to play this one thing that really pissed me off, as if I'm not pissed off enough. I mean, but let's play this. It's Susan Collins praising the Me Too movement. Let me emphasize that my approach to this question should not be misconstrued as suggesting that unwanted sexual contact of any nature is not a serious problem in this country. To the contrary, if any good at all has come from this ugly confirmation process, it has been to create an awareness that we have underestimated the pervasiveness of this terrible problem. I have been alarmed and disturbed, however, by some who have suggested that unless Judge Kavanaugh's nomination is rejected, the Senate is somehow condoning sexual assault. Nothing could be further from the truth. Every person, man or woman, who makes a charge of sexual assault deserves to be heard and treated with respect. The Me Too movement is real. It matters. It is needed. And it is long overdue. Uh, shut the fuck up. Really, Susan. Uh, you, the Me Too movement. You know, just, and, okay, uh, just banging. It is needed. Well, it's so great to have a hashtag, isn't it? But it really doesn't translate when you want to have effective results, right? When you put a sexual predator not into the executive office and then you back his ass up with a sexual predator on the Supreme Court. And, the, and you can't have your cake, Miss Collins, and eat it too. And Well, obviously, this is what she's trying to do. To say that, um, that's, that Dr. Kavanaugh is basically confused, and that's, that's really that's what she said in her... Let me see if I have the transcript here, because I was reading it. Oh, fuck her. Okay. Um, I re- I, honestly, she has to... She needs to be, she, she needs to be removed from office. They, they all do, but it's going to be a, a hard, um, you know, thing to accomplish apparently, but the, because of the gerrymandering and the rigging. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Oh, I hate her. This is what happens. 
um, for her to, and this is, this, that's the fine line all Republicans are walking. They're all like, well, I believe something happened to her. You know, she must be a little kooky. She must be a little off. You know, she wasn't the one sitting there screaming and crying and banging the table and, and, and asking and being belligerent to the senators and saying, what about you? What about you? Did you ever do that? Did you ever drink? Did you ever black out? What about you? I don't know. I'm curious. Oh, yeah, this is about flatulence. This is what I mean. That's the other thing. These these lies. Um, he is count just like Twitler. He counts on the stupidity of the American people. Now, if, what would it have mattered if he just said, "Yeah, um, I was kind of a dick in high school. We were boys boasting, and yeah, that was wrong. I feel really stupid about it. I apologize. I feel like an asshole." But no, he had to lie. The Renata alumni was, that's the, oh, we honored her. That was our way of saying she's one of the guys, right? But the girl didn't even know about it. That's the thing. And she was, in fact, be, withdrew her previous support for Kavanaugh, saying that I hope that no one treats his daughters the way they treated her. And she didn't take it as uh, an honorific and uh, Devil's Triangle, drinking game, drinking game, right? And, uh, and of course, as we know, um, the Republicans, because they're propagandists, they, somebody in the, in the con- from, with a, con- a congressional IP address went into Wikipedia and changed Devil's Triangle to, and added a drinking game played by Brett Kavanaugh at Yale. And, uh, and it was changed back. But this is who they are. They're liars. There's nothing different from them and the and Nazis because they would ju- be just as comfortable in a brown shirt as they are wearing the robe of the Supreme Court or sitting in the Oval Office. The, and the, the assholes behind um, those, uh, these idiots cheering them on, the, they are the good Germans that allowed uh, Nazism to, and, and, you know, stood by and saw the, the smoke plumes rising up from in the distance and just looked the other way. And um, that's who they are. They, hey, and they, that's what they, but the other thing they remind me of, and I was talking about this earlier, I didn't get to the point because that's what happens sometimes, um, but they, the postcards that in the South, they would take pictures of lynchings and, and, and share these wonderful postcards with each other as they all smiled around the dead body. Um, how sick is that? How sick do you have to be? But this is, that's, you know, there's, if you look at these postcards, they're disgustingly creepy. They're haunting. They're, they, they're, they're nightmarish. Because of the of the green the grinning white faces, young people, children, standing around a corpse that was that was lynched uh, that didn't get due process right because they weren't a creepy old white men they weren't afforded that due process so but um, but that's it you know this is this is this is no. Uh, country for creepy old men fuck you of course it is then why are there uh why is there a sexual predator in the white house why is there a two sexual predators on the supreme court who were put there by presidents um well not one well what's his face i was gonna say they received fewer votes that's not true but uh 
it's uh but three of the of the nine justices were are now on the court is it three or maybe i'm wrong that by presidents that receive fewer votes so bush and now twitler but so let me see dr ford i'm just looking on this article with uh fucking susan collins that's that's her name now <laughs> it's basically her first name <clears throat> and uh let's see this is when uh when susan collins was justifying herself judge kavanaugh i can't stand her is more of a centrist then some of his critics maintain it's reflected in the fact that Chief Judge Merrick Garland, who Susan Carl, uh, Collins helped block from the court. So let's not kid ourselves like Susan Collins is some kind of moderate or whatever, that she has, a, she has an ounce of sanity in her at times. No, she's another sycophant of the oligarchy. So... But uh, let's see, despite all this, after weeks of reviewing Judge Kavanaugh's record and listening to records and listening to 32 hours of his testimony, Senate's advice and consent was thrown into a tailspin following allegations. Blah, blah, right. I need to go down further. Uh, in addition to the lack of corroborating evidence... This is what she's saying. Oh, nevertheless, the four witnesses she named could not corroborate any of the events of that evening gathering where she says the assault occurred. And Dr. Ford said that it was an uneventful gathering. It was, in fact, people were hanging out before the main event. So it was just a bunch of kids hanging out. It wasn't, it wasn't a party. It was, um, you know, it was like the, the place that some people were meeting before the party and it was such a normal uneventful thing that who would remember so that's what she said to her it seared in her mind because brett kavanaugh tried to rape her in a drunken stupor but you know and she doesn't remember who drove her home and so this is what uh you know, she says you know uh but who the hell remembers you know sometimes i don't remember how did i get home did i ride my bike i take this up who the hell remembers you remember the traumatic event that is seared into your mind but there uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like i said it's we're now i'm just rehashing the obvious is it does not matter what any of these filthy bastards do Republicans ran a pedophile for the Supreme Court. I mean, uh, for a senator, as a senator. So this is this is who we're talking about. It didn't matter what Brett Kavanaugh does. It doesn't matter he's a political operative. It doesn't matter he lies. They have set the the bar so low. This is a new standard, and for Republicans to to get the vapors and to play victim, they are the victims now. The straight white men are the victims in in their in their their worldview. It's scary, and they they know how stupid that everybody is, right? Because the not only did, did Susan Collins piss me off for being a, a sycophantic bitch, uh, you know, for the oligarchy, she's she allowed uh, she got up there with her 50-minute speech that she just happened to have. Of course she was voting no 
She knew this for weeks. I mean, voting yes. She wasn't going to. Uh, where did she whip that speech out of? She had it all prepared. And we just went for the ride. And she, it didn't matter what, what Dr. Ford said. It didn't matter what came in with the FBI investigation. We weren't, uh, we weren't going to see it. The, and they could say whatever the hell they wanted to say about it. And as we know, many people came forward and said, I wasn't interviewed. And how could you have an investigation that without interviewing the two principals? They did not want to have Brett Kavanaugh interviewed again by the FBI because that would unravel the whole, the, 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 the whole, uh, you know, excuse that they have because then they, he would be under oath. They would have to, um, uncover leads and and follow these leads they and why wouldn't he take a lie detector test because he's guilty he's a liar he's a drunk and he you know and uh i saw that bob kincaid on the feed on the chat feed said that uh if he was in aa would would aa have to keep his anonymity yes they would so unless he committed a crime like murder or something. I think that's another thing. But I mean, no, it's all up to the person. It's not like a, you know, a law. It's not like you're breaking the law. If you break somebody's anonymity, it's just a, it's a, uh, you know, it's just a suggestion, really. But I think that in court, in fact, uh, people have come to court. I know of different cases where AA. Um, somebody, I remember reading about something where a guy committed a murder and he shared about it in an AA meeting and, uh, AA participants went to court and, and, uh, and testified against him. And the, the guy's defense was that, well, he thought this was under a veil of anonymity. And then the, the court ruled that there real, there is no anonymity in AA really. It's just a, it's just a, an agreement. Um, it's not like a, uh, it's not like the lawyers, your, uh, your, um, or at, when you go to a doctor or something. So <clears throat> anyway, and so this bitch, uh, Colin says, uh, professor, also, uh, professor Ford indicated that even though she left the small gathering of six or so people abruptly and without saying goodbye and distraught, None of them called her the next day to ask her why she left and say, is she okay? Not even her closest friend. Well, what the, I, uh, who's, who, who the hell says that if she just left, um, and didn't give any indication that there was a big problem, she got the hell out of there and nobody, I, I mean, you weren't, we weren't there, but we have Dr. Ford's testimony and, and here's the other thing. Um, when, when the people who come forward now who say, um, this priest raped me when I was eight, are they, are they put through such a rigorous, uh, vetting process? They, um, maybe they don't remember how they got home from the, from the rectory, or maybe they don't remember where did the priest take them to the ice cream parlor or the ballpark? Maybe they don't, the, the mom, mom or dad didn't realize what was happening. How come nobody asked you if you were distraught? How come you, when you came home from Father Bill's house and he, and you, uh, 
you were very sullen and withdrawn. Your your mother didn't say, are you okay? And how come you didn't come forward? It's why is it that Dr. Ford or women in general are treated so, well, why am I asking this question? I mean, uh, heinously, heinously. Um, Dr. Ford said, as we played, she is 100% sure that Brett Kavanaugh tried to rape her. And the other thing is, they they know it. They know it. They know he's guilty because he that they themselves try to assert a different alibi. They try to put forward that it was another guy who did it. They tried to pin it on somebody else. So obviously they know something happened. So if nothing happened, why would they be looking for a culprit that um that could take the fall? This is who they are. They are scumbags of the highest order, but I don't want to insult scumbags. I, I say that it's true. When I say they're, they're pigs or rats or scumbags, I think about the good qualities in those things, right? Because a pig, pigs are intelligent and charming. They are, they contribute to society. They, their physiology is so close to humans that it's, they are used in medicine and they have, they have given their lives, their very lives, for human sustenance. And rats, right? Another, uh, another honorific for a Republican. R rats, they've done studies on rats. Rats, when given, they have a choice between a saving the life of a drowning rat or having a treat. The Rat saves the life of a drown of the drowning rat every single time. So they choose: can I have a selfish treat for myself while this rat drowns, or shall I save this rat? They save the rat, unlike Trump, who would go for the treat. And uh, so, what those are um, something that Republicans would never do, right? Because Repu we are out here, we the people. There are people right now dying without health care, dying. Because now uh, pre-existing conditions or whatever, they can't afford uh, to go to a doctor because of co-pays or whatever. And Republicans are geared up to make it worse and or whatever, you know, pick something. Or uh, how about the water in Flint? Or what, they don't give a shit. Republicans, they will leave you hanging every time if it is a choice between a selfish uh, you know, something that they could get for themselves, uh, uh, some more power, some more money, they will leave you drowning every time. And, and then you have scumbags. Where Scumbags are utilitarian. You need, there is scum in the world. It needs to go somewhere. So what to call a Republican a scumbag, a rat, a pig, really is to honor them. So that's why I, I, I am reluctant. I need to find a, maybe we should have a, a, like a contest or a poll. What's the best, what's the best word to call them? What shall we call? I mean, we can't, I, it's, we can't call them patriots because you can't be a patriot when you turn your back on the country, when you're, when you're nothing but a corporate flunky, when you hate democracy, when you concentrate wealth in the hands of a few, and you, every, and every move you make, makes it harder for people to vote, harder for people to sit at the table. 
and you're making it easier for corporations to rape the Purple Mountains Majesty, to blow the tops off the mountains, and to dig for coal, and to throw their waste into anywhere in America the Beautiful. If you love something, you don't treat it like garbage. You don't, you, you care for it. You care for the environment. You, you want to pass it on to children you, uh, with loving care. And then uh, if you're, you live in a country that is diverse, that has a diverse population, that, a, that is a nation of immigrants, you don't treat immigrants like, like, like uh, the way that Trump and the Republicans treat the, the people trying to come to this country. I always say nobody values freedom more than people who risk everything to obtain it. That's the kind of people we want in the country. We want those who who have, I, I mean, really, I think about somebody who goes across a desert to get here because they're, they want to live. And if imagine if we open the door to that person and say, here's a path that you could be one of us. Imagine the contributions, the dedication, the love, the the appreciation that person feels, right? I mean, it just makes sense. But not Republicans. They don't. They they want to tear us apart. And as they build these walls, what happens is that they create, you know, uh, uh, hatred and uh, and anger. And and we are the laughing stock of the world too, because we have a literal moron it, who is representing us. It's embarrassing when he gets up in front of the UN and they laugh at him. Oh, uh, no other administration in the history of this country. I mean, everybody knows you're bullshit. He's a bullshitter. And and what is with this? Every time he has to talk, it's like no one has ever seen anything like this. And I was just, I just saw him saying about, uh, you know, Kavanaugh, no one has ever seen the uh, treatment like this. And, and no one has ever expected the the people to rally around him, rallying around him. They're rallying around the the so-called winning. You're not winning. See, I just wish that, like I said, the consequences of their actions only came home to roost in the Republican homes. But no, it has to come home to roost for decent people, too, for normal people, right? I wish it was just when uh, some nut job goes in and shoots up a school. It's just Republicans, to get it, the ones that wanted uh, everybody to roam free with assault rifles. But no, normal, decent people have to get it, too. Or when, let's say, when Twitler allows coal ash to be dumped in ponds and streams, that it's only Republicans that have to drink that shit. No, but normal people. The uh, environment has to suffer. The animals, the the people that have to, the normal entities, the the life, the people who just want to live, and the creatures that have to share the same air with these greedy graft, grifters. And, of course, okay, well, it's almost time for the break, but speaking of grifters, I, the, and this is the thing, right? Um, so what Susan Collins did was affirm this uh, sexual predator and um, 
Brett Kavanaugh and his uh, by a sexual predator after a week of behavior that uh, is appalling that if any Democrat ever behaved this way, they would have him up on impeachment and it would it and Democrats wouldn't have power for, uh, you know, 10 generations the way that they it's 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 appalling. So this week we had Trump mock a sexual assault victim. And then the New York Times revealed that he's a tax cheat, more than we ever believed or thought. I mean, we all knew that. And that he's a con man, a flim-flam man. And, and he also, I wrote an article at RDT Daily that he, he tricked his own father at the, the last uh, days of his father's life. He tricked his own father. He tried to trick his father into changing the will, his will, so Trump could continue to siphon off money out of his father's estate like a like a parasitic lamprey and uh and also what else did trump do this week he he fell in love with a dictator publicly declared his his love for the tin pot dictator to end all tin pot dictators kim jong-un now imagine if any democrat anyone any democrat anybody had behaved like that and after that week, that spectacle, Susan Collins gets up there and votes yes. These Republicans, Joe Manchin votes yes. These filthy, filthy bastards. And that's why I named the show Republicans Are Doing the Backstroke in the Sewer. That's what they're doing. They are, they are down in the sewer, and they're lapping it up. And maybe, you know, they got a lot of assholes that are cheering them on and they think it's fun to be in the sewer, but they, they, I, there are more of us than there are of them. And we are on the right side of history. So we can't give up, but I, during the break, I'm going to play this, uh, um, the guy who wrote the article at the New York Times or co-wrote it is, uh, was interviewed by by Amy Goodman at Democracy Now! And he explains some of the scams that Trump and his father uh, pulled off. So we're going to play that. It's about eight and a half minutes. So at the other end of the break, I'll be back, and I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. My name is Tara Devlin. Remember to donate to RDT Daily. Give the show a good review at iTunes buy some t-shirts, buy some mugs. There's more stuff coming. I'm going to do, I'm going to put a, uh, Trump, um, mat, a welcome mat that says, uh, wipe your feet. That's going to be up there tomorrow. So, and, uh, uh, you know, you get to wipe your feet on his face, <laughs> get out some anger, aggression. And all right, guys, I'll see you on the other side. My name is Tara Devlin. Right, the most overt fraud was All County Building Supply and Maintenance, a company formed by the Trump family in 1992. All County's ostensible purpose was to be the purchasing agent for Fred Trump's buildings, buying everything from boilers to cleaning supplies. It did no such thing. Records and interviews show. Instead, All County siphoned millions of dollars from Fred Trump's empire by simply marking up purchases already made by his employees. Those millions effectively untaxed gifts then flowed to All County's owners, Donald Trump, his siblings, and a cousin. Fred Trump then use the 
padded all county receipts to justify bigger rent increases for thousands of tenants. Dave. Yeah, um, I mean, this is something where <laughs> um, when Donald Trump says this is old news, I can tell you that that no one had ever heard of all-county building supply and maintenance. It's never been written about, described anywhere. Um, and this is actually a kind of a remarkable, in a way, it's a, it, when we were when we were peeling back the layers on this, it felt you know sort of like one of these sort of gritty scams that you might see in The Sopranos, right? It was it's setting up this company to make. Um, basically huge cash gifts from Fred Trump to his children look like legitimate business transactions. Let me give you a, just a really simple example. This is one that we describe, and we actually show in the story the actual invoices and purchase orders, so you can all see for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. So they set up this company, All County Building Supply and Maintenance. It's not a real company. There's no corporate offices. It's actually headquartered in the basement of Fred Trump's uh, favorite nephew. Um, uh, the owners of All County Building Supply, though, were Fred Trump's four children and his nephew. And all, all that happened was, so Fred, uh, anytime Fred Trump was going to improve his buildings, um, he had to buy stuff, right? And in this case, as soon after they formed this company, they bought 60 boilers, 60 big, expensive boilers from a company in the Bronx. Fred Trump himself personally negotiated the purchase price of these boilers, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of boilers. The man who sold Fred Trump these boilers, Leon Eastman, um, uh, told me in an interview that one day he comes back to his office and there's an envelope and there's a check, huge check, from this company, All County Building Supply. He's like, who the heck are these guys? Never heard of them didn't know who they were. And what that was, was it was all county building supply was paying him the price that Fred Trump had negotiated. But then all county building supply would turn around and would send an invoice to Fred Trump for the very same boilers. But the invoice was padded, marked up 20, 30, 50 percent more. So all it was doing, it was basically, it was just a, 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 a invoice padding operation. It was taking the things that Fred Trump was already buying, adding 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 percent more, and then charging Fred Trump. Fred Trump was effectively overcharging himself. That's what, what it looked like on paper. But in fact, all of those profits are then flowing directly to his children. That's point number one. And he's not just a child. Donald Trump is like 46 oh, yeah, 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 when yeah, yeah. all yes, county was set yes, up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And this was part of a fairly well-considered and orchestrated strategy that the Trump family came up with when they realized, you know, we, Fred Trump is he's getting up there in age. He's starting to suffer some ill effects, dementia, other problems. And they're realizing if he dies, all of this empire, all of the buildings and and huge amounts of cash sitting in his accounts, those are going to be subject to a 55 percent tax, uh, inheritance tax. And so the idea was, well, wait a minute, how do we how do we get how do we pull that cash out of the empire before it gets taxed 55 percent? How do we shift all of those buildings into our pockets before they get taxed 55 percent? 
And in this case, I think one of the things in the all-county building supply case, the, and I think it, it, it helps you sort of see at least the mindset here, is not only do they come up with this ruse, basically, to disguise cash gifts as legitimate business transactions, but then they submitted those padded invoices to the state regulators who govern uh, rent increases in New York, and they use those inflated invoices in order to justify rent increases for thousands of the tenants who lived in in Fred Trump's uh, uh, apartments. Mostly, we're talking, um, you know, these are working class, middle class folks who are seeing their rents go up, you know, five, ten, fifteen dollars a month, in part because of these inflated invoices from all county building supply and maintenance. And can you speak specifically about the Starrett City development in, in Brooklyn, which Fred Trump made an investment in in the 1970s? So, yes. Yeah, so, um, so Starrett City is really one of the largest federally subsidized um, uh, housing developments in the, in the country. It's massive. It's even bigger than Fred Trump's um, apartment uh, complexes. And, and in the 70s, when they were trying to build Starrett City, um, they needed some extra money, so they were looking for private investors. It was basically going to be this investment that would create huge tax losses. That's why rich people wanted to get in on Starrett City. It would create huge tax losses. So Fred Trump could use his losses at Starrett City to shelter all of his profits from his empire. So he made an investment into Starrett City, but he also made an investment for his kids as well. And so Donald Trump, starting at a very early age, was getting these huge tax breaks from Starrett City. In fact, those tax breaks helped him avoid paying any federal income taxes at all in the late 1970s. And, uh, and, then, and then, of course, as, as time progresses, Starrett City is now worth a heck of a lot of money. It recently sold for nearly a billion dollars. And in fact, that investment that Fred Trump made way back in the 70s is going to give Donald Trump a windfall of $16 million this year. Before we go to break, how much money would you say Fred Trump avoided in taxes? Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Bang, in something taxes. like, I think you said fifty million instead of half a billion. So yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty simple, pretty simple math, right? We we <laughs> we see that he transferred well over a billion dollars in wealth to his uh, to his siblings. It's a fifty-five percent tax rate. So you're talking about a tax bill, an expected tax bill of around five hundred and fifty million dollars. The tax records that we obtained show that the Trump family paid fifty-two million. In, uh, in gift and estate taxes. So rather than paying a 55% tax rate, they paid about a 5% tax rate. The question then is, how did they avoid the other $500 million? What happened to that? Um, first of all, just to be clear, not all of that, we're not, we certainly don't mm -hmm. say in the story, and we don't, we don't allege anywhere that every penny of that was evaded money. Some of it was just usual tax avoidance measures that all rich people use. But certainly, a very significant portion of that came through tax schemes and maneuvers that the experts that we consulted with said really crossed the line.
Alright guys, welcome back. My name is Tara Devlin. See that? So, uh, did you hopefully hear that? I, I appreciate uh, Amy Goodman. She's great. And thank her for that clip. That's, that goes to show you what we're dealing with. Re Republicans made a serial bankrupt trust funded tax cheat their standard bearer. And that's not even the, the worst of it. He also colluded with a foreign dictator. There's no doubt in my mind. He's a greedy bastard that would sell out his own mother. He tried to, let me, and let me just point to this article I wrote on, uh, well, there's a couple of things I wanted to get to. I wrote an article at Republican Dirty Tricks at RDT Daily that, uh, about his fault. I mean, it was in the New York Times, um, column about, uh, this expose or whatever the, that in the 14,000 word expose, they, that Sarah Huckabee Sanders called boring. Yeah. This boring. Who wants to read? Who wants to read 14,000 words? I mean, we get it. We know no Republicans are going to read it because it's boring. It's too many words in it. Doesn't matter if it's the truth. I mean, it's not boring to me to find out. Well, I mean, we knew it already, but it's really not really boring when you understand that a that a filthy grifter has grifted his way, has conned his way into the highest executive office in the land, he shouldn't be there. All his entire story of his his, his origin story is a lie. He's a liar, and he sucks at business. I'm probably better. I suck at business too, but that's not my that's not my game. I never purported to be a successful business person, and but Donald Trump, that's his whole game, but he sucks at it. He was handed everything, and he lost it three times over, four times over, five times. How many times did he declare bankruptcy? But it doesn't matter. He, His father bailed him out numerous times. This guy never had to struggle. He never had this blue-collar billionaire. He's full of shit. He and the idiots who cheer him, they think that he's going to do what he did for business. Let me do the uh, Yes, he is. He's going to do to the United States what he did in his business, which was he's going to siphon off as much as he can for himself and leave us bankrupt and leave us picking up the pieces. So let's see. Let's see what I wrote here on, uh, well, Donald Trump tried to trick his elderly father into changing his will. So as if we needed another reason to despise Trump, the New York Times published a massive in-depth 14,000 word investigative report on the Trump crime family's decades of fraud and tax schemes. The Times reports that just like his worthless son and the wealth parasites, the American government functions to protect Fred Trump was loath to pay his fair share to help fund the civilization from which he sucked profit like a lamprey. Yet, unlike his serial bankrupt son, whose best idea was to play a successful businessman on reality TV, Fred Trump was a forward-thinking grifter, creating fraudulent shell companies and scams to hide money from Uncle Sam and inflate the trust fund of, of his undeserving heirs. Though among a plethora of crimes, the report reveals that no amount of ill-gotten gains were ever enough for Donald. In spite of the fact that Fred Trump funneled a fortune countless times over into his son's 
son's rapacious pockets. In the last days of his father's life, Donald tried to manipulate his father into changing his last will and testament to ensure that he could continue to use Daddy to bail out his failing business ventures. According to the Times, Donald tried to trick his father into updating his will and giving his greedy predator son complete control of his father's estate, though Donald's plot was thwarted by Fred's suspicions that the po- that uh, to, to the point where he hired a new attorney altogether and removed his son Donald as the executor of the estate. So his, his father knew what he, had, what he had on his hands. And so the New York Times reports that Fred Trump had given, had given careful thought to what would become of his empire after he died, even though his empire was built on a lot of sh- bullshit and crimes, grifting, tax, tax cheats. I mean, uh, when they cheat tax, when they, they're, they're cheating us. They're cheating the civilization that is allowing them to have the, this, these riches. That's what they're doing. They're not, they're, they have no gratitude. They have no patriotism. The, every tax that they cheat us out of means a, one less pencil in school, one, one more pothole in the streets, more dysfunction. That's what they're doing. They are creating a society of shit while they sit in their ivy towers and uh, laugh, laugh at us like the world laughs at Trump. So, um, he and he had hired one of the let's see Fred Trump had given careful thought to what would become of his empire after he died and he had hired one of the nation's top estate lawyers to draft his will but in December 1990 Donald Trump sent his father a document drafted by one of his own lawyers that sought to make significant changes to the will Fred Trump then 85 had had never before set eyes on the document 12 pages of dense legalese nor had he authorized its preparation, nor had he met the lawyer who drafted it. Donald instructed his father, his elderly father, to sign immediately. In depositions later later taken in a family quarrel over financial issues, Fred was wary to give Donald total control over his affairs and told his daughter, federal judge Marianne Trump Barry, this doesn't pass the smell test. Trump Barry said that Donald was in a precarious financial strait by his own admission, and Dad was very concerned as a man who'd worked hard for his money and never wanted any of it to leave the family. Though Fred apparently loved his son, somebody had to, I guess, he knew he was an epically greedy grifter who would steal your wallet and then pretend to help you look for it. I mean, that's what I wrote. Read the entire story at the New York Times, but that's just one excerpt from the whole debacle that they that this crime family is has engaged in and this is why Donald Trump doesn't want to release his taxes he is a grifter because those taxes will will reveal more crimes that he learned these crimes at the knee of his daddy who is a criminal too because it's never enough they can't win this is like I always say about Republicans they can't win legitimate sorry legitimately on the basis of their ideas. They have to cheat. Same thing with Donald Trump. It doesn't make you smart to, because you know an angle because you're a crook. Any crook can work an angle. We've had crooks forever. There's a lot of grifters in the world, and there's suckers born every minute, as Donald Trump proves. Uh, that's living proof right there. 
any I, I, I just can't believe of the millions of morons who voted for this grifter. Really, um, we tried to warn you that he is a con man. Hillary tried to warn, but you hated Hillary too, so much that you would rather f- go into the wolf's den and say uh, and say the N word and think you're free because you can uh, not make a gay person a cake. You moron! While this idiot rides your prejudices, rides your racism to the bank, exploits you. Well, and you're left with nothing. You don't have a, you don't have clean air. You don't have clean water. You don't have a uh, retirement security. And this country is being torn apart by, on purpose, by this con man. Because he, like Henry Wallace warned us, exploit every fissure of disunity. He is, that's how you know that these Republicans have no interest in this country, that they hate this country. They don't like it. They don't like democracy. They don't like how it was founded. They want they want it to be the country of creepy old white men. Because if they didn't, that they wouldn't exploit racism. They wouldn't have a standard bearer that that starts his campaign saying Mexicans are rapists. They wouldn't have one that puts babies in cages. That 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 when refugees come here, fleeing violence from the failed states that we helped create. They, they wouldn't put separate families and put babies in cages and laugh at giddily like Jeff Sessions did, like a giddy little demon. But that's, that's who they are. They're stupid. They, they're grifters. You have the grifters and you have the dumb. The, the, I mean, I guess there's a movie in there somewhere, like the good, the bad, and the ugly, or like the grifters, the, the stupid, and the, and the fugly. I don't know. But let's see. What's the other thing? The, and the other, so then with Mitch McConnell, the 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 they with what's his face Kavanaugh, going off about the circus. This is a circus. This is a disgrace. Um, we got your number, Kavanaugh. That's why people said the minute you were um. Who were proposed, we know who the hell you are. We know you got your thumbs all over Bush v. Gore and every other dirty trick for for decades. We know we knew who the hell you are. And they're saying uh, this um, misguided fear about my judicial record. Your record is there. And we also know that you're a liar. And we saw you lie again. And we also saw your disgusting performance to the point where another retired Supreme Court justice says, you're unfit. And the American Bar Association is reopening up the, your, the uh, vetting process for you. And, uh, and the other thing, um, I saw this in, the, this just came out, actually. <clears throat> Let's see, where is it? Where is it? Boop, boop. Just talk amongst yourself for a minute. Ah, God damn it. I have like 10,000 windows open. I can't find it. But it was, a, it was uh, John Roberts. Is, there's a, a bunch of complaints coming in about Kavanaugh. And Roberts sat on them for weeks. Because we, it's not about, you see what I'm saying? It's the same way that they stopped the vote count for they don't like democracy they don't care they have to deal with it they have to put up with it 
but eventually they're getting away with dismantling it altogether. Get rid of it. Get uh, And these Trump Anzies are all for it. But the other thing, okay, there was two things I want to say. I was, I can't find the stupid article now, but getting back to Susan Collins briefly, um, the, I wanted to just point out the women that had to stand, that stood behind her, those two. Uh, that's another example that points to how stupid Republicans know their followers are. The how when Susan Collins gives her 45 minute speech, she, they put these props in. I don't know who I hate more, right? I, I hate Susan Collins, I hate Twitler, and I hate uh, Orrin Hatch. I hate them all. I don't care. I should be a better person. They deserve the righteous anger of, of hatred. They uh, to the point, I'm not hate, hateful to the point where I'm like. You know, this is the other thing. These these Republicans are always contacting or tweeting at me, whatever. Oh, you're so tolerant. Tolerant the tolerant uh liberal. I don't tolerate intolerance. I don't tolerate fascism. I don't tolerate morons and dupes eagerly dragging us all into the the mouth of a con man, a rapacious, grifty greeting con man. And I'm not stupid enough to think that they have my best interest at heart just because they put a a couple of women behind a woman as props. So in the seat that, uh, that men supposedly, because there's a seating or there's seating arrangements in the, in the Senate. And, uh, but that day, for some reason that, that Susan Collins gave her speech, they put two women in the seat behind her. Because we're stupid, right? That They count on the stupidity. They know, okay, just put a couple of bitches up there. You know, it's, uh, they're dumb. They, uh, yeah, then, then, uh, when we, t- when they take away our rights, when they stick their big, filthy Republican noses into our private medical decisions, when they force women to have babies, see, they're not going to go right out and overturn Roe v. Wade. This is what they'll do is they will restrict it. They will, uh, you know, shrink it to the point where they could drown it in a bathtub. And the same thing with everything else, with gay, uh, with gay marriage or whatever. They will make it so you, uh, you don't have to treat people as equal citizens. So if a gay couple, you know, they, they will legalize um, discrimination, basically. And there won't be equal protection under the law, and they'll be uh, out here. It'll just be free reign for bigots and morons to act like assholes and and inflict their manias on society rather than evolve. They'll call it religious freedom because I don't know what kind of God they have that their only sacrament is gay bashing. The only requirement for their filthy religion is to uh, hate on a gay person or, or to make sure people forming a legal contract have the appropriate combination of genitals. That's their God. I don't know what kind of sick God, but that's their religious, that's what they'll do. And this, um, while out here, the country will just get, uh, there'll be no progress because 
we are in the majority. The mo- most people want women to be able to control their bodies, to control the the uh, their autonomy without a filthy Republican sitting in the doctor's office. And people, if you don't like uh, gay marriage, don't get gay married. But most people understand that. No- normal people, but here, you know, in the normal parts of the the country where people are mature enough, where there are mature. Uh, uh, they have a maturity that enables them to function in a democratic society of diverse people. But they they want to drag that they get mad that we're trying to bring them into modernity, right? But they want to so much so they want to drag us down to their level. And all we want this is the thing. Okay, I was gonna read that thing. Uh, I can't find it, but just rest assured. That's Oh, here it is. D.C. Circuit sent complaints about Kavanaugh's testimony to Chief Justice Roberts, and he sat, up, he sat on it. Roberts has received more than a dozen judicial mis- misconduct complaints against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh in recent weeks, but has chosen for the time being not to refer them to the judicial panel for investigation. So there you go. <clears throat> a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, the court on which Kavanaugh serves, sent a string of complaints to Roberts starting three weeks ago, according to four people familiar with the matter. That judge, uh, Karen LaCraft Henderson, had dismissed other complaints against Kavanaugh as frivolous, but she concluded that some were substantive enough that they should be handled by Kavanaugh's fellow judges in the D.C. Circuit. So there are other judges looking at this shit and saying, and and passing this information on to supposedly a committee that is trying to do, uh, fulfill their constitutionally subscribed role or ascribed role of advising consent. Of course, they don't want to do that. They don't, they're just, it's not advising consent anymore. It's, uh, stuff on the, anybody who is a political operative, uh, and all you have to do it's not just the Supreme Court. Look at all the people that they're trying to put on the court all over the place. People who don't have law degree. I mean, wait, what's that guy who was like a conspiracy theorist? People who, the worst, the worst of the worst. They're not even lawyers. They're just political flunkies, and I'm not even kidding. And you think that when you, just when you think they can't go any lower, they, they, they surprise you. So it's like, I'm not, I wish I was being hyperbolic and dramatic. I'm not. It's for real. They are really destroying democracy. They're destroying this country. The, they are. I'm, it's, I wish I was just being an alarmist. And I'm not the only one who has said this. I've said this for years. For years I have said that, um, you know, fascism is coming to America. Anybody with eyes and ears and has any kind of historical knowledge and and kept up with politics understood what was happening. We would say, oh, my God, this is uh, very frightening. These patterns that were developing, uh, they seem it's we would compare them to what happened in Nazi Germany. And I would get incensed when suddenly in the the public lexicon or whatever there there's this bullshit and i can't stand it even now when i hear it called godwin's law which irritates me to no end it's this stupid thing that developed on the internet that anybody who mentions 
Nazis automatically loses the argument. So it was some, it sort of has this funny thing, supposedly, that there was only, there were only, if you were in a debate with someone on the internet, eventually the conversation would, would turn to Nazism and you would be called the Nazi or somebody would bring up Nazism or Hitler. And um, and Godwin's law said that as soon as that happens, the per- somebody or automatically you automatically lose the argument, and and then I, on on TV or on the radio, or whatever, I would hear people say, "Well, I don't want to break Godwin's law." What the fuck is La- Godwin's law? It's not a law, first of all. It's just some stupid thing that somebody made up because they they had no retort for facts. Because the fact is, what is the point of studying history if we don't learn history's lessons? So guess what? We're not that evolved. We didn't, we, the human consciousness and heart didn't evolve so much to the point where we can look at Nazis and be like, oh my God, that's abhorrent. That will never happen now. Thank goodness we have evolved. Bullshit. We, we have Nazis roaming the streets now with tiki torches, thanks to Godwin's law. As we pointed out for years, you know, if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it, right? So um, it is really an insult to those who fought and died, fascists and the Nazis, and, well, the same thing, right? But uh, to, to, to dismiss the historical correlations and parallels that are staring us right in the face until we get to the point. So we, we would point it out during the Bush administration. That's when the 15 characteristics of fascism came out where were written about and people were discussing and there they were staring us right in the face. The, uh, uh, you know, I don't have them up, but let's see, 15 characteristics, characteristics of fascism. I mean, we used to be able to talk about this shit, like, for instance, as we bring up all the time, uh, that, that, ar- that article by Henry Wallace in the New York Times about the American fascists, as if we don't have American fascists here. They, they knew at the time that we had American fascists, and they understood what they were. The American fascist is a corporatist. That's, that's the Koch brothers. That's Lindsey Graham. That's um, Chuck Grassley. The, there you go, the American fascist. That's Donald Trump, the authoritarian who praises a dictator, who says, I fell in love with a dictator who doesn't understand democracy. He doesn't like democracy. He doesn't want to reach across the aisle. He, he doesn't understand that this is a country that he, that he is lording over despite receiving fewer votes. He has no interest. He has no mandate, but he has no interest in having a consensus. And the same goes for this dysfunctional Republican Party, this right-wing cesspool that we're dealing with now. So, you know, when they, they talk about the 14 characteristics of fascism, uh, uh, oh, I don't want to break Godwin's law. Well, um, we're now living in it. So, you know, uh, powerful and continuing nationalism, disdain for the recognition of human rights. What, uh, yeah, how about babies in cages? Identification of enemies and scape- scapegoats as a unifying cause. Um, it's, it's ridiculous how these it's happening right in front of us supremacy of the military rampant sexism what did we just see controlled mass media um we were talking about this the uh why don't they point out who the judicial crisis network are 
obsession with national security. Religion and government are intertwined. Hello, Mike Pence. Corporate power is protected. Hello, Brett Kavanaugh. Here we go. Labor power is suppressed. Well, get your Uber on, right? Disdain for intellectuals and, and the arts. Um, well, it's, uh, you know, these elitist, Hollywood elitist, Hollywood liberals, obsession with crime and punishment. We literally have cops shooting people dead in the street and morons proclaiming freedom, right? And when, when people protest that, they, they, you have asshole in chief come out and call them anti-patriotic, uh, unpatriotic. And if that's not, uh, a characteristic of fascism right there, which it is, denounce the dissenters for being for anti-patriotic, right? What, isn't that what, uh, what's his name said? Goebbels? Not Goebbels. It was uh, one of them from the Nuremberg trial said it works the same in every country. And the, so number 13 is rampant cronyism and corruption and fraudulent elections. Now, I don't know what's more fraudulent than having a the the a a Congress and an executive branch stuffing flunkies into the, in the judicial branch, despite the fact that both the of the branches, the Congress and the executive, received fewer votes. Okay, and they're putting in those who have no respect for the law, who are liars and political operatives that's all that's their function that is that's that is corruption at its height all right it works the same who was it in every country herman goring that's it yep okay well i mean you guys know but anyway, there. And speaking of this bullshit, uh, Godwin's Law and Fascism. So then I wrote another article on on Republican Dirty Tricks at RDT Daily about a historian. It just came out in the um, where was it? In the la 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 la. In the what the hell is it called? Oh, yeah, the, the New York Review of Books. Um, a historian, Christopher Browning, came out, and, he, and he's a historian who specializes in World War II and Nazism, and he uh, called out, he said basically, yeah, um, what's his face? Mitch McConnell is the, his, this is Browning's words, Mitch McConnell is the grave digger of American democracy, all right? It's not the, uh, I'm not the only one, is what I wrote, who noticed the disturbing fascist, fascist characteristics of Donald Trump's presidential campaign and now his so-called presidency. Now World War II era historian Christopher Browning warns that the signs of our current state of government uh, slipping into full-on fascism are abundant. In his new piece for the New York Review of Books, Browning argues that the same trends that swept fascism through Europe in the early part of the 20th century are recurring with the help of enablers with historical parallels. 1930s Germany had President Paul von Hindenburg, while United States of, eight, of uh, 2018 has Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who, who Browning calls the gravedigger of American democracy. He writes, if... The U.S. has someone whom historians will look back on as the gravedigger of American democracy. It's Mitch McConnell. 
He stoked the hyperpolarization of American politics to make the Obama presidency as dysfunctional and paralyzed as he possibly could. As with par parliamentary gridlock in Weimar, con uh, in Weimar, congressional gridlock in the U.S. has diminished respect for democratic norms, allowing McConnell to trample on them even more. Nowhere is this vicious cycle clearer than in the obliteration of traditional precedents concerning judicial appointments. Systematic obstruction of nominations of Obama's first term provoked Democrats to scrap the filibuster for all but Supreme Court nominations. Then McConnell's unprecedented blocking of Merrick Garland's nomination required him to turn, in turn to scrap the filibuster for the Supreme Court nominations in order to complete the steal, uh, quote, of Antonin Scalia's seat from conf uh, and confirmed Neil Gorsuch. The extreme politicization of judicial nomination process is once again on display in the Kavanaugh hearings. <clears throat> and then Browning argues that thanks to McConnell's nefarious tactics, the country will be unable to function unless it's run by the same party, a recipe for government dysfunction and breakdown. And that's the truth. We're supposed to be able to work together. We're, and that's why we want a common definition of what it means to be an American. We want a common definition of history. When you, when you have a bunch of idiots who are homeschooled thinking Jesus rode dinosaurs and dictated the Bill of Rights to jo Thomas Jefferson, and then you have others who understand that this is a country that was founded as the antidote to intergenerational uh, aristocracy and, and intergenerational wealth that we were founded as a liberal democracy in the, in, uh, uh, that was inspired by uh, Locke and Rousseau and the, the liberal age of enlightenment, thinkers who said that we don't need an aristocracy and a king. We can rule ourselves. And yes, for all their flaws and how we, not everybody had a seat at the table and whatnot, we, yes, they had some pretty good ideas. And... Now, um, Republicans, what have they done? They have given us the illusion of democracy while entrenching the same elements that the founders fought a revolution to escape, like intergenerational aristocracy. When you, when you, do some, when you um, eliminate taxes on the rich, the estate tax, I mean, the estate tax especially was a, a tax that prevented the development of an aristocracy, to have your undeserving heirs uh, receive fortunes tax-free. That is the death knell of democracy. That's exactly what, and what Europe was about for generations, and now they're rebuilding it here on purpose, and they're calling it freedom. They're calling it patriotism and with the help of idiots, just like the, the, the disgraces that smiled in the postcards uh, when people were lynched, that they, I, I, I guarantee you one day, historians and future generations will look at those pictures of Trump and all of his enablers behind him with the same disdain. Look at that idiot. Look at that moron holding up a woman for Trump sign. Women. In fact, it should say woman for Trump. I mean, don't speak for me, bitch. There's, um, and I don't want to hear this 53% of w white women voted for Trump. That's not, that is a, another 
conflation. It's it's 53% of the white women who voted voted for Trump. That doesn't mean that's not a lot. So it doesn't mean that 53% of white women in the United States. That's like, you know, put it right, but that's what they do. You see what I'm saying? So Browning says Whatever secret reservations McConnell and other traditional Republican leaders have about Trump's character, governing style, and possible criminality, well, he says possible, we know it's definite, they openly rejoice in the payoff when they have received from their alliance with him uh, and his huge base, huge tax cuts for the wealthy, financial environmental, environmental deregulation, the nominations of Supreme Court justices so far, and a host of other conservative judicial appointments, and a significant reduction in government-sponsored health care, though not yet the total ob- uh, ob- um, abolition of, I can't, why, why can't I speak, um, of, of Obamacare that they hope for. Like Hitler's conservative allies, McConnell and the Republicans have prided themselves on the early returns of their investment on in Trump. The combination of Trump's abasement before Putin in Helsinki, in Helsinki and the shameful separation of families at the border in complete disregard of U.S. asylum law, to say nothing of basic humanitarian principles and the GOP's relentless claim to be the defender of, quote, family values, and most recently, Michael Cohen's implication of Trump in criminal violations of campaign finance laws has not shaken the fealty of the Republican old guard. So there is little indication that even an explosive and incriminating report from Special, special Counsel Robert Mueller, Mueller will rupture the alliance. That is the truth. They don't give a shit. They want what's coming to them. This is what they have built on. They built all their corruption upon. It's, it's boundless and endless. They, how long have we said it? And now here it is staring us right in the face. Republicans don't like this country. They, don't, they work for themselves. They, they are not for mom and apple pie. They're for themselves. They don't give a shit. As they dismantle, as they dismantle this this democracy, if they didn't, why would they 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 wouldn't engage in dirty tricks? You see, for years, with as far as like for instance, voting voting rights, and well, first of all, they undid parts of the Voting Rights Act. Republican the Republican Congress is yet to rectify it because that's what they want. They don't want people to vote, especially brown people. They don't want Democrats to vote. Normal people. They want to prevent you from voting. They don't until they can eliminate voting altogether by, however they do it, uh, by hook or by crook. Whether it be just get rid of it altogether or hack the voting machines, whatever it is, they don't want you voting. You know, go to work, die, drive your Uber, and just go to their wars when they command you and die on command. Don't expect any retirement. You'll get your reward in heaven, dumb bitch. And uh, <clears throat> so, let's see. Uh, well, Browning also warns that the damage inflicted by McConnell and Trump will linger for generations. And there you go. And it, here, and this is what I was saying earlier about, you know, oh, uh, 
I don't like Democrats. I, I, I voted for Jill Stein or whatever. Well, you know what? Well, not only do we have to get into the Democratic Party or you know, this is this is the system we have. We're, it's not going anywhere. We have to infiltrate it from the inside or if we have any shot of getting it back. But not only do we have to get into the Democratic Party and fix that bitch, we got to fix all the other problems that we have, that, that now we have a Supreme Court justice that is going to screw us for generations. Now, how much work do we have in front of us? It's, it's almost overwhelming. Thanks, you know, Jill Stein. You know, and I get like, and it's not just Jill Stein. I, it's like the whole perfect storm of, yes, they shouldn't have run Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? Like I always say, if Hillary really wanted to um, help this country, she should have bowed out and, get, and thrown her support to Bernie, somebody who would have, could have won. Because Bernie would have won. That's my, my honest to God, I believe it. And you know what? A lot of people had said, I'm either voting for Bernie or, or Trump because they felt everything was rigged and, and Trump wasn't bought. That was what they thought. Though Trump was, he was, he's nothing but a, you know, he's a huckster. So anyway, and, uh, so not only do we have to go into the democratic part, we have that work cut out for us. We, we now have to get undo all the damage that was done it's not going to be this it's not going to be fixed in my lifetime i realize that but hopefully in uh you know my nieces and nephews lifetime they'll be they'll be able to have a universal health care sometime who the hell knows it, because now we've taken how many steps backwards with this bitch on the court and our um you know the remedy is going to have to be uh putting more people on the court that's how we have to get the House, the Senate, and the presidency back. Uh, so I, I would encourage everybody to not give up, to get involved, to make sure ev- your voter registration is valid and, and working because they're, per- they're purging people from the rolls, too. This is what they do. Republicans, you cannot take your eye off them. They are criminals, you know? So... And uh, they have a lot of idiots enabling them. This is why I don't want to, I don't really have the time to fight with average Joe Republicans. Uh, People say, I want you to debate this person. I don't give a shit what they think. I don't have the time to try to make them normal. They, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, uh, you know, I'm not a shrink. I, uh, they need a shrink. I, I don't have the time to somebody else. Maybe they have more patience. Call Tom Hartman. I don't know, but I really would rather talk to people that aren't dumb. You know what I mean? That aren't, uh, begging of con man to trickle on them. But another thing I wanted to, so after, uh, what's after Twitter mocked Dr. Ford, of course, everybody was appalled. And then of course, dumbass Collins. Oh, this is unfortunate. And flake is, he's like, he said, Oh, it's almost appalling. Almost not, 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 not the whole cigar though. Right. It's just, well, what is appalling then? These, this is who they are. These filthy Republicans. It's this, and this, this flake, he's not, he's, he's not even in the Senate anymore. And he had to, it's, he couldn't find the words just to call something what it was. They're gross. Is that, um, I wonder if they, some of the good Germans, when they saw the smokestacks 
rising in the in the air if they said oh gee that's almost appalling filthy fuckers but so steve schmidt who i love i i just enjoy listening the way he puts his words together and whatnot even though i blame him partially for what's going on now i mean if he they hadn't put sarah palin one 78 year old man's heartbeat away from the presidency you know this dumb bitch we wouldn't be here perhaps but um, that he was uh, another political, uh, they had their political, uh, um, you know, aspirations and the country be damned. But anyway, after Tr- Trump mocked Dr. Ford, I, this is what, this was of course before the vote today that confirmed this, this, uh, perjury, Brett. Um, this is what Steve Schmidt said. He was, ca- he was calling on the decent Republicans. So, Steve, the president went there tonight, a full-on attack of Dr. Ford from the podium. We just heard him say it's a scary time for young men. Tell me what an audience of three people is likely to make of all of this, and that is Flake, Collins, and Murkowski, who, with every passing day, get more critical to this Supreme Court choice. Well, the battle lines are being drawn here, as Buffalo Springfield once said, Brian. And on one side of it are decent people, and on the other side of it are indecent people. And when you look at the president's indecency tonight, presuming that Jeff Flake, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski are all decent people, then they're going to be as horrified and offended as the rest of us. You know, what Donald Trump showed tonight is he is as contemptible as he is vulgar, uh, he is as cruel as he is dishonest. No American citizen deserves that treatment from the head of state, from the commander-in-chief, from the president of the United States of America, a steward of an office once inhabited by men like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And so these senators are going to have to make a decision. And that decision is simple. Does lying matter? Does integrity count? Can a sitting federal judge make dishonest statements about small and trivial things and get onto the Supreme Court? And so that question is an important one because our institutions in this country are under assault. Our judicial system, the Supreme Court, the Senate, the Senate Judiciary Committee. When you look at the performance of someone like Lindsey Graham, for example, his angry tirade, the smallness of a small man, a principalist man in this moment. What the American people are seeing is the degradation of 242 years of institutions to enhance the pursuit of happiness and to defend American democracy and liberty. It's, it's beyond awful. It's tragic. And indeed it is. But as you saw Steve Schmidt call on the decent Republicans, Jeff Flake, Susan Collins, and Murkowski, who did vote against Kavanaugh. All we needed was one, one of those. And, of course, Joe Manchin to hold firm. But whatever. These, there is no decency left. So as as heartbreaking as it is when, when Steve Smith, he, he almost seems certain that that was a that was a line crossed that you have the most powerful man on earth mocking a woman who came forward at, in terror 
and knowing, knowing full well what was going to be done to her, what these, these, these parasites, these piranhas of, uh, of greed were going to do to her. And they did it with the help of the most powerful man on earth, somebody who has control of the nuclear code, somebody who is supposed to bring out the best in this country. E pluribus unum is our motto. It's not make America great again. It is E pluribus unum, out of many one. And this, this monster has the, has the audacity to mock a woman who is 100% certain that their Supreme Court justice tried to rape her in a drunken stupor when it's frat boy, this lying piece of wasted life. This Well, he's not a wasted life. He is uh, this monster who is out there to undermine. He, he's like, he is a supervillain to rival any in, uh, in, his, in history. Because he, all those who died for democracy are now, they, what, what did they die for? So Brett Kavanaugh, so the, the powerful among us can have more power. Not so we could all promote the general welfare and, and sh- be the shining city on a hill. That every person who comes here seeking a free, uh, decent life can have, uh, that have access to the American dream, which used to be. That everybody had uh, could have a decent middle class life. Not that you would be a billionaire if you came up with some kind of fucking angle or something. So, um, the, and you have this tiny man who has the control of everything, has at his fingertips because he's a con man attacking a woman who has no power. What, what is her power? She showed nothing but courage. And these monsters, they tore her apart. And she knew that they were going to do it. And she came forward anyway. She did it anyway. And I always say, this is why we do what we do and why I do what I do. You do it anyway. In spite of how it feels, it's terrifying. And it and maybe we'll just die trying. Just like some of the suffragettes who sat in their cells, who went on hunger strikes, who never saw the women get the right to vote. Maybe we're just going to fight our asses off for the next generation. I hope not. I hope I get to see the fruits of our labor. But it's looking pretty grim. Because it, it's they have rigged it so well. And we need to not give up and get in the game and make sure that it's when we go to the polls... This, in this midterm, we bring our friends and we make sure they vote to get this country back, to, to wrest power from the hands who people are, who are unfit to wield it. They're not fit to hold leadership positions in this nation. They don't believe in American democracy. They, they believe in oligarchy. And that is clear. These are fascists. When you call fascists parading through the streets, fine people, you're unfit. So, okay, uh, you have your orders, I guess. We have our orders. Make sure everything's in order to vote because it's coming really fast, and we and get out there. I hope that, um, you know, I always say we stick together, we win. We are up against it, and we're going to need to stick together. So 
uh, don't give up. So I only have like a minute left and, uh, I want to thank everybody for hanging out and I'm infuriated. I know we all are. It's not a very relaxing show, of course, but this is a time of, uh, it's an alarm. Uh, we're sounding the alarm. So, okay. Just as I wrap up, remember we hear every, every week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and replayed on starting tomorrow, seven, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices and anytime on the Progressive Voices app and GDPR Revolution 99, another great liberal radio station you need to check out, and iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Please uh, give, give the show a review, help us grow, donate to the show. Anybody over $20 would get some cool thank you gifts, all right? And buy some shirts and stuff. That's, uh, that will help us, too. Hire more writers and keep in the game. So, like I say, we stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see everyone next week.